This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Matthew, sometimes uh, I think that we need to start a a third podcast Mm. as as if two isn't enough. (laughs) And the third one can be the either pre or post conversations we have before before we do the podcast. Ah. (laughs) Do you think people could handle that? (laughs) <laughs> because and usually what we're talking about before and after a podcast is not the podcast at no, all. It's not. It's either something cultural, political, theological, yeah. uh, you know, that we debate on. That's like right. we, we yeah. really sometimes we fundamentally, yeah. you know, clash about certain mm-hmm. things. And I think it's I think it's sometimes it's a personality thing and sometimes it's a worldview thing. And and sometimes there's a couple of little finer points of doctrine that we might get into an experience thing or something like that. And and I think if people saw it, they'd be like, oh, gee, DJ made a fighting. What's going on? <laughs> well, they're not, I mean, they're not world, they're not as big as worldview things, but they're, uh, that they are, you know, things that we see differently on. And I actually value, I value the process of a good robust debate because I find it, it, it sharpens. Now, now for it to become a sharpening thing, you have to genuinely listen to the other person yes. and not, not caricature the argument of the other person and mm. take it on board. And, and I think you come away from, you can come away from situations like that if you're both committed to that process so, yes. it's, so that it it's not, doesn't become an offensive thing, yep. uh, actually are really sharpened. I think there's a couple of fundamental things there with having those robust arguments we do. There's a lo- we love each other. Yeah. We've got a history yeah. with each other. We trust one another. Yeah. But we also we also default and go, okay, yeah. what does the word of God say about this? And we, yeah. we've always got that yeah, basis yeah, of truth right. there. Yeah. Yeah. So we either one of us can come out with a re- wildly ridiculous statement. Yeah. Usually that's what happens. You know, yeah. did you see this? What a, what a, what and a- then we both moderate. We come... <laughs> we- we come further and further into the middle. Exactly. And that's what I mean. You walk away and and and, and there's a sense of sharpening. Yes. Yeah, I've, yeah, I, I like that. But well, maybe one day, but not yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're going to ease everybody into the into the debate episodes. Now, um, in, in light of that, in that spirit of wanting to be open and robust and talk about, you know, issues that really matter to a lot of people, Matt, you've come up with an, with an idea for this episode of Thrive yep. Perspectives, which is the problem of suffering and pain in light of there being a God. That's right, suffering and evil in the world. So this is, uh, I bring this up uh, partly because it goes a little bit with what we're doing in Thrive Deeper. So we've covered the book of Job Mm. and the book of Job moves in this space and deals with this problem, the problem of evil and suffering and in the light of what Job suffers. And of course, Job is asking why, why, why is this? Now, um, this is actually the most commonly cited reason for unbelief, the positive reason for unbelief. So a lot of mm-hmm. people say lack of evidence, mm-hmm. but there are some people who will say, no, there's actually a positive disproof. And, and, and it's, a, yeah, there's a lot of classic examples of this that spring to mind in popular culture, whether it's, uh, you know, a lot of comedians will use this as, as, yeah. as a trope, uh, you know, um, whether it's uh, Stephen Fry uh, in a yeah. very, very public interview that went viral a few years ago saying, yeah. 
you know, you ask me why I don't believe in God. How could I believe in a God that that lets children suffer through cancer? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, Ricky Gervais has said very similar things. Uh, you know, back back in the day when um, Larry King doing the television, you know, news show, one of his favourite guests that he would have on all the time was good old John MacArthur, Pastor yeah. John MacArthur. Yeah. And every time he'd have John MacArthur on, it always came down to, yeah. but why does God allow suffering and evil? Yeah. If, if you're telling me that this God guy exists... Nah, I can't do it. Like yeah. it always came. So it's been a common. It's been a common it has. thing, and it still is. Even in the work of the new atheist, it's, it's there. It's it's the thing that they refer to as being a point of internal. They see it as internal incoherence. So, mm. um, uh, one atheist, um, J.L. Mackey, he says here it can be shown not that religious beliefs lack rational support, but that they are positively irrational that several parts of the essential theological doctrine are inconsistent with one another. Now, let me explain what he means uh, by this, and this is what we're going <laughs> to talk about. That was a little bit uh, philosophy uh, language there. Was it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just okay. a not, not common man word okay, on the okay. language on the street. Um, okay. So, uh, and, and I just, just a little caveat here. So I, I want to approach this problem as, as in terms of answering that stream of scepticism okay so i realize that there are you know there are significant pastoral issues here and and it's just a very difficult issue i'm not taking away from the difficulty of of the issue um uh, and the grievousness of of what we actually can suffer i'm talking about this in terms of you know god and how this works with there being a god Hmm. so um the what what they are saying when they talk about the the internal incoherence of Mm -hmm. christianity we say that God is omnipotent, which means that God is all-powerful. Yes. Okay. We're saying God is all-knowing or omniscient. Yep. Okay. So God is all-powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, in other words, he could do anything. He can do anything. Anything. That's right. Yep. Um, although, uh, yeah. sorry, yeah, I just <laughs> want to theologically, I. He can do anything he decides. He, that's he right. Wants he to can do. do anything except he he cannot not be God. Yeah. He cannot not be who he is. Yeah. So God cannot sin or do evil. Yes. Uh, or contradict his own uh, character purposes. Being, yes, yeah, yes, that's yes. right. Okay. Um, and that's important. <laughs> so, uh, so God is all powerful. Okay. Yeah. So he 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 can change anything that he wants. He knows about it. It's not that he doesn't know mm-hmm. anything. Now, uh, that's the second thing. Now, the third thing is God is perfectly good. Now, this is where uh, atheists will say, well, those three propositions One, cannot yeah. go beside the existence of suffering and evil in the world. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a very famous statement of this problem and it's in um i'm gonna see if i can find a quote here it's in the uh, a very a book that i love very much one of my favorite ever books by Fyodor dostoevsky called mm. the brothers karamazov and um it gives the strongest expression to this problem in a um in the first half of this book in in a chapter called rebellion um, Dostoevsky has now Dostoevsky is a Christian, very strong Christian. Overall, the book uh, advocates, um, uh, you know, a Christian uh, outlook. But uh, he has this character, interestingly, uh, this character Ivan, who expresses what is still today to be the strongest objection, like the strongest expression of yep. this objection to the existence of God, and it's yes. in a book written by a Christian. Yeah. So a Christian has come up. 
here. This, you know, Dostoevsky has coming up, come up with the strongest, exp- strongest objection yeah. to the existence of God. And it comes from this, and and so he says here, "Tell me yourself, I challenge you." I'm reading from this section called "Rebellion" in the Brothers Karamazov. Answer: Imagine that you are creating a fabric of human destiny with the object of making men happy in the end, giving them peace and rest at last. But that it was essential and inevitable to torture to, to torture to death one tiny creature. That baby beating its breast with its fist, for instance, and he tells some harrowing stories mm. of cruelty uh, to children. You know, mm. it's it, actually it's quite a disturbing mm. uh, chapter. So I should probably say that as well. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and to found that edifice on this child's unavenged tears, would you consent? This is Ivan having a conversation with his brother, who's a monk. Mm-hmm. Would you consent to be the architect on those conditions? Tell me and tell me the truth. Mm. And you know, Aloysia's brother can't really answer that, you know. Mm. And yet the interesting thing is overall the book, uh, you know, has this effect of compelling us to believe that nevertheless there is a God. Mm. And there's something beyond logic here. I think Dostoevsky wants to push us out beyond logic because from a logical point of view, it kind of is makes sense that it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so but but let's let's think about th- this this issue though, um, because the um because it, I mean you 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 you've come out and you've set set the groundwork for a very uh, head philosophical way of looking at yeah. everything. Let's let's bring it down to earthly because everyone's gone through the moment in their life, whether it's yeah. a yeah. a selfish self suffering, and I shouldn't use the word selfish or a self centered. Uh, yeah. I'm going through pain. And it's making me question everything, whether that pain is emanating out of their own body or mentally or anything like that, yeah. or they've gone through a period of life where someone has taken from them, death, uh, a child has suffered, a loved one has suffered, and because of the suffering or the evil that has happened to them in the world, they question the existence of God or yeah, whether that's right. yeah. Christianity yeah. could even be real. So- yeah, so let, let me let me just approach this in a purely cold, clinical, logical way. I'm going to Let's do that there. first, okay? Yep. Um, now, uh, the logic, the actual logical dilemma that they point out can be resolved if it becomes possible that God may have what's called a morally sufficient reason for allowing evil. Now, the question is, does God? Because not any, not any reason, like you know, a mass murderer have reasons for what they're doing, but they're not good reasons. They're not yep. morally sufficient reason. Yeah. Um, so it's only if there's a, a morally sufficient reason. Now, what is pointed to, and and this is, is is even if we can imagine that there could be a morally sufficient reason mm. for allow, then the actual logical problem is solved. Mm. Okay, mm. so that's just moving away, just moving with the logic a, a moment. Now, can we imagine a morally sufficient reason why God will allow that? Now, I would suggest I'm going to move now to a narrative approach, to something a little warmer <laughs> than the clinical logic, yeah. because. And, and actually a biblical approach. Yes. Because we need to remember the Bible is a story. Yeah. And the story kind of answers this question. I mean, it doesn't answer all of the questions. And the book of Job is a very poignant reminder that there are there is a lot here that is unanswerable. Mm, okay. Mm. But nevertheless, we do receive some answers for the Bible. Now, what we find out from the Bible, if we go take a narrative approach, is that God created human beings for relationship. And in order for us to be able to have the capacity to respond to God relationally, we had to have free will. Free will. Yeah. Um, Now, you know, there are bigger questions here. Well, didn't God know that that would be a risk? Well, presumably he did, Mm -hmm. but he 
obviously felt that the risk was worth it. Yeah. Now, again, the logic of that is actually beyond logic. It's, you know, because we're talking about the mind and the ways of the motives of God here. Mm. Um, but let's look at the story because according to the story, human beings were empowered to such a level that the choices that we made would create the world that we lived in. Mm. And human beings rejected God, rebelled against God, as most human beings do. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we got the world that we created. Mm. So um, it's a little bit like I saw a cartoon once of, I think even you put this, sent this cartoon out about... uh, a, a man, person riding a bike. It's a classic meme. Putting a, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, putting a, stick. a stick in in the spokes and then falling, you know, the bike throws him over the handlebars and then shaking his fist at God. Mm. And it was interesting when, when you, you, I think you posted that uh, on, on Facebook or something. <laughs> and, and it was interesting to see the, the discussion, particularly from skeptics, mm. because they were saying, yeah, but that like a, a child that gets cancer doesn't, yeah. uh, doesn't, and this is where I think the biblical story really comes into its own because what the Bible, again, coming back to that level of authority that was given, mm-hmm. authority means that the decisions that some people make inevitably have implications for other people in the downline. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I, as a parent, hmm. can make really bad decisions that will have really negative effects on my children. Yeah. Now, is and that a just world? Well, it just yeah, is. That's just the way that it works. The way that it works, yeah. And that's this is the a, level of authority and responsibility that I have. And this is a great point because I think there's a few points, and again, I don't know what yeah. notes you're coming from here, Matt. We haven't really yeah, gone. Yeah. Hey, this is where we want to arrive at. But this never was a problem. Like a lot of people... In, you know, in working out your faith and really, you know, whether the, as a young person, whether it's in a teenager or you've come to Christ later yeah. in life, a lot of times when you're working out your faith, you have to answer this question for yourself. Yeah. And I think I think for me I was blessed because I, I grew up reading the works of C.S. Lewis. And I think me personally, I think yeah. C.S. Lewis does a great job oh, he does, yeah. in answering some of these questions, yeah, some, right. some yeah. of these bigger yeah. questions. Um, but I think understanding the narrative or the story of the entire Bible, yeah. the, the fact that, because people, it's so funny that people can't get through their minds that we are the offspring of Adam and Eve. Yeah. And from, from the, being the offspring of Adam and Eve, because we go, like, you, ha- you have no problem going, okay, you're physically here. Yeah. You're physically here. Everyone yep. goes, well, of course. And you're mentally and spiritually or soul or whatever it is here. Yeah. And this, And that is because... Adam and Eve decided to have a child, and they had a child, and they had a child, and you're here. That's right. And the sin nature comes through. And all of a sudden we go, wait, 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 wait. We don't want that part of, we don't want that corruption. We don't want that sin that has come through us as well. But we're happy to accept (laughs) that we're here in all these other aspects. Yeah, that's right. So so because of, and and also, I mean, um, there's a few things uh, about that and because I'm, even as we talk, I'm anticipating all, all the objections yeah. that come up. So uh, so th- I think that first consideration is that that is the level. We might not like it. Mm. <clears throat> we might disagree with God and think that that wasn't a good idea, as if we would know better than God. Mm. Um, but God created human beings with that level of empowerment. Mm. One, with free will. Yeah. Um, and let, let, I'm just actually at, yeah. at this point, I'll read a quote from C.S. Lewis, seeing you mentioned C.S. Lewis. Great. Why then, he says, did God give them free will? 
because free will, though it makes evil possible, also is the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness, goodness or joy worth having. A world of automata of creatures that work like machines would hardly be worth creating. The happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other. And for that, they must be free. Of course, God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way. Apparently, he thought it worth, worth, worth the risk. Yeah. Now, uh, I think risk is a little theologically uh, problematic there. Yes, um, yeah. But we, 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 we have to use human language anyway. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. language probably lets us down here. Um, so, so first of all, th- that's, you know, there's the free will element. Then there's the level of empowerment, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, as God created us to reflect his image and, and he shares that, le- I mean, he is a giving God and an empowering God and, and he empowered human beings to such an extent that our choices could mess up the world we're even. Even skeptics will say, oh, yeah, we're powerful enough to completely destroy the world that we're living in. Mm. I mean, we could literally blow up the world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even skeptics will admit that we have, you know, most probably destroyed our climate uh, because of our technology and, and greed and whatever. Uh, so, um, so we, you know... Uh, we're in this situation where our capabilities, our our level of empowerment and, mm. as human beings, that we actually can destroy the world that we live in and we can destroy it for our children. Even skeptics are saying we're destroying yeah. the world for our children and they're yeah. going to suffer. And um, so, so, so there's a level of... So there's a level of human responsibility. Now, of course, people want to put that responsibility back on God and say that somehow there's some other way, there must have been some other way. Mm. Well... Uh, no, well, as C.S. Lewis says here, apparently God felt it worth the while uh, for this situation. And to I think exist. I think C.S. Lewis there is is echoing in his own way the words of Paul. Yeah, where Paul in the book of Romans wrestles with this, yeah. you know, especially in chapter nine, he wrestles with this, you know, concept of of of. The currents, what we're going through now. Yeah, uh, chapter eight. Yep. Sorry, chapter yep. eight. So yep. you know what we're going through now is is you know a blip. Yeah. You know, I'm using my paraphrase, well, but again, I think I think that's one aspect that I think uh, answers that's an important consideration as well. This yeah. is a blip. I mean, yeah. this you know, because because we think, oh man, the world has been messed up for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. Um, uh, well, that's a blip. Yeah. Uh, in the you know on the timeline of ultimate reality yes. and eternity it yeah. is just a little blip and um but it's a very decisive blip for us it's a very decisive blip and and i guess i'm sort of racing ahead here but when it comes to me i, I mean i'll throw this out here matt for me the the thing that answers the problem with evil and pain in the world you know is you've already mentioned free will the fact that we are descendants of Adam and Eve and, we, you know, the very opening chapters of the book that tells us all about what God thinks of yep. the world is about the fall of man yeah. and why everything is the That's way right. that it, it is. That's right. tells us how things went wrong, yeah. Exactly. And 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 we are their offspring. We are, you know, their, their children and so yep. we carry that as well. But I think, I think tell me, I, I, I was thinking, and in thinking about it, thinking what, what's important, what do I talk to people about when they bring this up? One thing I often realize that behind the question when people say well what about pain what about this what about that and talking are they always and again the 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 thing that people bring up and we've already done it a few times the suffering of innocent children you yeah. know like that's yeah. obvious, that's a big one 
behind that often is a real belief or a thought that mankind isn't really sinful. Yeah. That sin isn't that bad. Yeah. You know, that we're all inherently good. And so we and so they end up talking about a thing over here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this yeah. this imaginary suffering child. You yeah. don't even have to have an imaginary. There's yeah. plenty of kids, you know, you go go yeah. to, go yeah. down yeah. to yeah. go down to a uh, you know, hospital uh, ward or something yeah. like that and you'll see it there. And but they bring it to that but but it's like no no the conversation should start with us first. Yeah. And how absolutely depraved and sinful my heart is. Yeah. So and that's a really good that's a really good um point because in in the biblical worldview and in what God wants in this age, it is really, really important that we do not like and accept the way that we are. Yeah. There's a countercultural uh, statement. Yeah. And that we don't like and accept the way that the world is. Mm. Uh, now, let me explain what I mean I, by I that. Like, you know. We, we are broken people living in a broken world mm. and salvation from that means that we say this isn't the way that it's meant to be. And so it's important that we experience our own dysfunctionality, that we're self-aware enough to realise how depraved we actually are. Yeah. Now, people, this is a very, very countercultural. People, oh, that's, how could you say such a, a terrible thing? Yeah. Well, it's crucial to the biblical worldview. I mean, if you think that the way that you are is as good as it gets. I, I'm sure no one really thinks that, but I, I, I mean, well, you, you actually need to start to imagine some greater possibilities yeah. because God created human beings to be so much better than we actually are. Mm. And the biblical worldview operates within that broader vision and mm. we have fallen back down, deeply down into something that is far, far less yep. than than we're meant to be. And so... Um, and and so we're not meant to we're not meant to like the world that we're living. I mean, Paul, you know, you mentioned Paul's Paul in Romans says in chapter five that suffering produces produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. And he says, by this hope we are saved. Mm. We are saved mm. by this hope. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. So if we're saved by hope, now hope is looking beyond this to something better. Yeah. And not, and I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm talking about God's hand reached out, mm. saying, "Let's make things right." Behold, I'm making all things new, and you can be a part of that, right? Yeah. So, in order to be a, uh, in order to be awoken, and to take the hand of God, we need to actually face reality and recognize, oh, things really aren't good in the world. And and I think, particularly, and it's interesting. This is, you know, for people in the sort of prosperous West, when suffering comes, you know, yeah. the, the question arises, well, why me? Why me? Why did this have to be me? Yeah. And and I think the reply, the sort of combined reply of all of humanity, most of humanity, 99.999% of mm. humanity, I think they would say to you, why not you? Mm. Why should you be exempt? Yeah. Because this is the way that the world is. And it's just sometimes I think we treat situations like this as though someone left the door to our little self-created heaven ajar, allowing the wind of a different reality to blow in, when no, actually that is reality. And, and God doesn't 
God allows us to be reminded of that reality yeah. because he doesn't want us to like it here. He doesn't want our children to like it here. It, like the way that it is because yeah. he is making all things new. And when we connect with that, that, according to Paul, is the beginning of our of our salvation. Amen. A guy who I've, I don't know if you've, you've come across this Christian author, Matt, uh, there's a, a, a doctor of, something theology or something, uh, Clay Jones, Dr. Clay Jones. Oh, I know. No, I uh, Clay Jones has got a, a great book about the problem of pain and, you know, with God. And he, he's a really funny lecturer and I, I really got a lot of time for him. Um, and, uh, you know, from the States. And he, he was giving a talk once about this issue. And he said, listen, you know where I never get this question or nobody ever asked me this question? Africa, mm. you know, India. Yeah. Anywhere that isn't a third world luxury country, yeah. no one's asking the question, what about pain? What about suffering? Because they understand that this world is yeah. pain and suffering. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, you don't even, you don't, you, it, it's, a, it's a ridiculous question. Yeah. And I don't, I'm like, man, it reminded me again. And the other thing that he's very, you know, very, very well versed on, um, and, he, and he talks about like, you know, ch- people coming and asking him about suffering, he'll go. He'll make them go away if they're not Christians, and read works about you know um, the very depra- the worst parts mm. of humanity. Yeah, read about what happened in the worst of communist you know China. Read about what happened with the death camps over here. Read yeah. about and people are like, read about this about Poland, and everyone's like, why are you making me? Is because you don't understand what real evil yeah. and suffering that you are capable of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, first. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, that really. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's such an important perspective, and and again, you know, God rem, uh, reminds us mm. that the boat that we're living in is a sinking ship. Well, I mean, that's even it's not it's even worse than that. That things are chaotic, mm. you know, and 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 it's just bad. See, this is the other thing. It's not like. When something bad happens, it's like, oh, there must be some reason for this, uh, as though that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. You know, oh, something bad has happened. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> how could this, how could that be? No, that's actually the normal. Yeah. The, if if the, good the, things happen to you, yes. rejoice. Yes, exactly. Like, that, the truth of it is that all the good stuff we have in our life is such a grace from yeah, God. Absolutely. That we, need, we, we take it for granted yeah. and think that's normal. And yeah. We've got it all backwards. Yeah, that's right. And, well, well that, yeah. and, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm throwing it all out there. The, the final thought that I have when I talk to people about this, and, and again, it's from a few different people. Um, Dallas, there's a, there was a guy who died a while ago, Dallas. Um, I think I've got his name down here somewhere. Dallas Willard yeah. is an author and a, and, a, yeah. and, a, and a speaker and a teacher, him and, him and a few others. And I think it also comes from C.S. Lewis, mm. is that the other thing that we don't get when we ask, the other thing behind this question yeah. is the misunderstanding or the, or the absolute not getting what we're actually made for. Yeah. God has made us for an eternal relationship with him yeah. in paradise, in, in, in a robust, dynamic relationship yeah. for all of eternity where we will be busy, not in a bad sense, but in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, the most beautiful, enjoyable busyness that we could ever dream of, yeah. of right relationships with everybody, including God himself, yeah. that will last forever and we will enjoy every, you know, yeah, every right. part yeah. of it. And with with that in mind, the suffering we experience now and the pain that we experience now, we go, 
Yeah, and that's what Paul says. He says, you know, that the, the suffering that we go through now is is nothing compared yeah. to the the glory and the joy that will be revealed. It, you know, it's it's what God will bring out of this. You know, and and if this, you know, if and I mean Paul's point there in in Romans is to say that if the hope that is formed in you through your suffering mm. connects you with God and enables you to live out the glory of God forever, yeah. then uh, that actually, well, it's not, not that it makes sense, mm. but it's vindicated in some way. Yeah. So, and, and, I mean, th- this is the thing. Everything that we're saying means that we don't need to go point when people say this terrible thing happened to me, why did this happen? We don't have to offer reasons for it. Because it's not some extraordinary thing. It's just the, that's oh, it's just the way that the world is. Yeah. You know. So why did this happen? Why did that happen? You know. Uh, oh, it's because we just live in a really broken world, and it's just bad. Because there's something unhelpful about explaining people's suffering away. I mean, this is the problem with Job's friends, isn't oh, it? In the book of Job, the worst. They're, they're trying to find reasons for it. Well, there must be a reason for it. Mm. Well, no. We, and, and this is a perspective that you get in we, it, the world is just messed up and, and there, are, there are forces of evil in the world on top of that mm. you know so that there is disease and, 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 and all, all these terrible things that exist in this world because the, you know, the world is a broken world and so, uh, so it's just bad and, uh, and God doesn't want us to like it the way that it is now this, this probably brings because I want to just anticipate another uh, another issue. I wonder, do we take a break or? Let's, wanna... That's a good idea. Let's take yeah. a break, and we've we've set up the problems really well, and we've already thrown out a whole bunch of solutions. Yeah. But let's actually get really practical and answer some of the. I know people are sitting there going, "Well, hang on, what about this?" Yeah, and I'm and I'm thinking of some key what about this okay. as well. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back with a what about this next on Thrive Perspectives. Fam, DJ here, and uh, sorry to interrupt this episode of Thrive Perspectives, but you know the drill by now. Halfway through the episode, I'll pop in with the music. Hopefully, some of you don't fast forward what I have to say, <laughs> but I, and I will give you a little bit of update about what's happening in the world of Thrive. Two things I wanted to share with you today is that uh, we are very proud of the last episode of Thrive Perspectives, the one we're calling the big picture. Uh, We want you to be able to share that with your uh, non-believing friends, people who are just looking into Christianity, things like that. When you share that episode with them, please get in contact with us. We've got a free copy, a free uh, physical paper copy of the booklet, uh, you know, Thrive for New Christians. It takes new believers or people who are interested in Christianity through 50 days of looking into what it's all about. It's a great resource and we want to send it to you free. All right, so just get in contact with us at thrivetoday.tv. And while you're there, the second thing I wanted to let you know is that while you're there at thrivetoday.tv, right at the top of the page, you can become a supporter. You can donate to this ministry. Whatever you choose to give, you choose the amount per month 
and you're supporting just whatever you, you can afford. We're not asking you for much. Just whatever you can afford to support this ministry. If you love our podcast, we'd really appreciate. Helps to offset the expenses of everything that we're doing behind the scenes. All right, well, that's enough from me. We'll see you over at thrivetoday.tv. Now, back to Perspectives. You're on Thrive Perspectives. It's your old pal DJ here. Sitting opposite me is Matt Jacoby, and we are just having a robust conversation about the, uh, you know, light topics, fun Mm. topics, like uh, God, suffering, evil, pain, the world that we live Mm. in, things that really are going to give us a skip in our step. (laughs) (laughs) It depends what we... Depends what we do with it. I, want, I really, my goal for this episode, I really hope that at the end of it, we do can walk, we well, can I, walk away. You know, from this. I mean, this is, I, I am always eager to be reminded of this because we do, we can fool ourselves into thinking that we live in a little heaven and that mm. we are entitled to this little heaven. And, and, and can I, can I get a little bit grandpa and get my little soapbox up? Yeah. I think sometimes the church, and I'm using yeah. church as in the church of the yeah, West yeah. that we live in, the songs that we sing, the things that we put out there, the buildings that we build, the clothing that we wear, the trendy stuff that we get involved in, it's almost like we're trying to build a little empire of heaven here on earth. And in one, in, and again, in a philosopher where we go, okay, the kingdom of heaven and we're part of that yeah. and we want, it, we want to display that. Yeah. But part of it should be a little bit more reflecting like we're not meant for here. There's some problems down here. We're meant for, you know. Yeah. Well, well, we're we're meant for here because we were created for the world, but well, not we're, we're not meant for this. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're not meant to be the way that we are, and when you know God has something better for us, and mm. and and I, you know, um, I am attracted to a lot of art and literature and film that reminds me of the way that the world is. Yeah. I find it very very sobering. Mm. Um, you know, I I you know my wife Kate always you know, criticise me for all the bleak, the bleak, you know, films that are, you know, Polish films always set in the snow and they all die in the end kind of thing. I mean, and we're not very good at that in our modern world. I mean, consider that one of the most common types of story, Hmm. uh, you know, up until relatively recently in history was the tragedy. You know, Shakespeare Hmm. wrote tragedies. Yeah. Um, you, You can't, now we all expect the happy ending. Yeah, uh, to every story, and and we're just not you know if we get a tragedy, it's going to be an absolute flop. Well, even if you go back and you do a bit of research on some of the um, uh, what would we call them, you know, children's fables and yeah. the stories that we tell our children, yeah. you look back at the genesis of them. You know, some of them came from you know this writer and this writer, yeah. and, and then you know Hans Christian Hans and then put them yeah. all together and changed them. And yeah. But the origin, the origin of all a lot of those stories are. Absolute horror stories yeah. where everyone dies in the end. That's right. And yeah. they're warnings. That's right. I mean, look, you know, my, my favourite filmmaker, Andrzej Zwiginsta, Russian filmmaker, all of his films end with different kinds of tragedy. Yeah. I mean, they're absolute tragedies. And, yeah. and But I, you know, and, and a, even a lot of art, like I, one of the trends in 20th century art that I really love is actually what's known as the art of the grotesque. It's the response to... The first half of the 20th century, mm. where artists are responding to what 
are human beings? What are these monsters that we are capable of doing these mm. things? And um, and so, uh, you know, artists like Francis Bacon and, mm. and, and Australian artist Peter Booth, you know, explores this theme a lot and creates these contorted figures. These guys create these contorted figures. And mm. even Arthur Boyd and, you know, to use some hopefully familiar Australian uh, uh, artists as well, you know, they... I actually appreciate the fact that they're confronting us mm. with our with, with the situation, yeah, yeah, with the ugliness of yeah. the human situation, and so I don't mind being, you know, reminded of that. Um, so I, I guess um, to anticipate, you know, some things, and and uh, I mean the big picture, I guess that we're to be clear that we're painting here is that the world is a really, really broken place. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a place of suffering and evil, but God is making all things new. And, and we get, you know, we are to create communities that do it better. And those communities are meant to call, be called church, mm. where we, you know, we're not, it's not everyone running their own way and, and pursuing their own goals and, mm. and, you know, living autonomously. No, it's meant to be a shared life people who share the mission of God, who live for something bigger than, than themselves. We, you know, churches are meant to be tastes of, uh, of something better, yeah. you know, which ultimately will be fulfilled in a new heavens and a new earth mm. when, mm. when, you know, all evil and will be finally eradicated. That's mm. where things are going. Yeah. Um, and, and this is, this is the, um, I hate to use the word, I, I'm, I haven't got the right word, Matt, you might be able to help me. I'm going to, I wanted to say foundation, but this is almost like the, the school lesson before we get the real thing. This is the this is the training ground for for mm. humanity, and I believe even for the angels and the heavenly this heavenly realm looking into it, going okay, we understand now why yeah. this is how it is, yeah. why we have these type of things, and we're maturing like just the same way that you have to teach a baby not to eat the wrong thing or mm. take the poison or whatever, or you know make the mistakes eventually when we're in these perfect bodies and perfectly mature yep. in that same way, we will be wise and perfect and not making the choices that lead us down these, you know, these sinful paths. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it is, it, it is a, it is a training ground mm. uh, for us. I don't think we can say that that's the reason for it. N- no. Like it's, it's what God will do through. I, this is an yeah, important, yeah. it's, it's important not difference. the, yes, because th- there have been, a number of books have been written uh, in an attempt to provide what are what is called a theodicy, and yes. a theodicy is an, a, an, an attempt to explain why evil uh, exists. Now, yeah. um, I think the closest thing is the is the free will, the free will thing. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, I partly like that because it doesn't really it doesn't really try to explain why. It just gives a kind of a a leading rationale, like mm-hmm. it, it happened because of this, yeah. uh, and well, that and that for some. You know, for, for for God, that obviously God uh, saw that it was worthwhile cre- having this situation, but ultimately we don't know why. Now, there are people that go further and that want to say, oh, well, let me offer you suggestions to why. One example is um, John Hicks' book, Evil and the Love of God, which is uh, an old book now, but it's, you know, he he, he saw this this life now as a kind of what he called the veil of soul making, uh, where where we're sort of we come into this world and into life and it's it's to test and refine our souls to prepare us for the next mm. yeah. you know there are elements of truth in that but it's I, I it's too 
it, it's it's too neat. I think, or, or it's too, it's trying to make too much sense. And it, I think it's a little bit focused on us as well, uh, you know, yeah. because I think in the end, the, the solutions that come to, well, I'll throw one out there. I've heard, um, I've heard that the reason why, and we we get hints of this in scripture, yeah. and, and you might be able to, a Bible verse might come to mind, it's not coming to mind for me right away, but God allows evil and suffering in the world mm. because it ultimately glorifies him. Um, that, well, that's something I've heard preached. As yeah, I, well, I'm I'm, un, I'm I'm not comfortable with that as stated. Yes. Now, um, the, th- the the event that glorifies God the most happens to be the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, which is the the most evil event. Can yeah, we, we say that one of the most yeah, evil it, it events? Is, yeah. You know, it, absolutely, because yeah. it, it it is crucifying the Son of God. I mean, and not to mention all of the horrors of crucifixion. And, mm. and so, um, you know, in that sense, Jesus Christ suffered the worst of the pain and the suffering and the, in the grief and... Uh, on, as well as that sense of carrying the sin and, and that forsakenness of God that he experienced. Um, so, so yes, God was glor- glorified, even though, and, and, this, and, I, and I refer to that to point out the paradox here, mm. that it's really, really bad, and yes. yet God is glorified through it. So yeah. I, I, I've, I would not say that the reason for it is so that... Okay, yes. I wouldn't say, I, you know, I would say God is glorified through it, Despite, yeah, because there are plenty of instances throughout Scripture where God says to His people, "When they got it wrong, you have profaned My name." So it is possible for human beings to do things that don't glorify God, and 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 so yes. we have created a world in some senses, in in a lot of senses, that actually doesn't glorify God. Mm. Uh, but we need to, you know, make sure that we create a new situation. This is what the church is all about. Let's create something that glorifies God. Yeah. So. And and you know and so ultimately yes through it all, um, yeah. God will be glorified. So okay, I'm, I'm okay, but, I, I, but I, I really I, want to qualify that. And yeah. that's good. I'm glad, and this is what we're doing now. We're, yeah. I'm throwing out different arguments. Yeah. And, and in light of that, another one that I've heard around that, and this might you know I think I think some Christians might talk about it. Other, it's very popular outside of the church as well. Well, you can't have good and joy and light. Unless you have darkness and suffering and pain, there's the yin and the yang, don't you know? And they all yeah. fit together. Um, yeah, I know. I've I've heard that one too, and and that is that's one of the objections against the, the idea that he- how could heaven be heavenly if if there's if it's just all good? Yeah, you know. Um, well, it, it obviously can. Yeah. I mean, I know we might not be able to imagine how it can, uh, but. Um, but I, I don't see, and and this is you know a topic that has had plenty of discussion. It's it's probably not one that we you know we, we have the time to discuss here. Mm. But um, to say that you need evil for for good to exist to me is just a completely philosophically untenable position. I, I find that um, uh, evil is a contradiction of good. Mm. It doesn't support. It doesn't help. No. It's a it's an abject contradiction uh, of of the good and and the good is always enjoyable. Now I know that we now because in our imaginations now we have good things and we tire of them and and sometimes you know being 
you know, experiencing loss and it helps us to appreciate, you know, the things that we have. And mm-hmm. so we experience, you know, we experience exactly what you've, you want, yep. but that's because we're not the way that we should be. Yep. Right. It's yep. because uh, we are unappreciative and, and because, you know, our capacity for joy needs to be reignited and mm-hmm. so forth. So, um, no, I, I think that, uh, that, you know, suffering is not uh, a necessary a necessary thing for good to exist. Okay. Well, while I'm in this train of mind of throwing okay. things out, I'll give you one more. And this, and this is, I, I think this is one that really does, you know, and we, and we alluded to it at the beginning and I don't know if yep. we fully answered it. I'd love to, I'd love to have you fully answer it here, Matt, if you can. Look, nothing exists outside of God. God, there are statements in, in a lot, all yep. the way through the Bible where God yep. is the author of calamity. He is the author of, you know, yep. uh, different problems for people, yep. world you know, he sends, you know, world disasters yeah. in, you know, the, the natural evils that we would say, you yeah. know, in, into the world. And and God and God says, yeah, I, I'm I'm the I'm doing it here. So why can't we say that, okay, yeah, God created evil and he uses evil for his purposes? Well, uh the the latter com- the latter comment is yeah. Is true. God can use evil for tick, his tick that yeah, for his test. purposes, but it's still evil. Yeah. And and look, I mean, even even the fact of judgment. Now, judgment is something uh, when when God brings. It's not. I mean, the Bible clearly says, you know, God does not. God wants everyone to be saved, and that none should perish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not something that God wants. It's not ultimately what God wants. And yet, because He has invited us to be a part of. Uh, Decision making, in a sense, deciding how the world is going to be. Um, well, uh, we can we can bring on those things, mm-hmm. and and part of God's justice is allowing consequences to flow from actions. So justice is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone would deny that. If if someone goes to court for you know multiple murder and the judge lets them off, I don't think anyone is going to call that judge a good judge. Uh, being a good judge means that you allow evil to have its consequences. Yeah, you know, and so, but but that situation is not the ultimate situation that God wants. God doesn't God doesn't want there to be uh, a world in which punishment is necessary, and that's where we're moving. But at the moment, good in this world means, and justice in this world uh, means that uh, consequences flow from actions. Okay. Now, God often saves us from the consequences of our actions, and He certainly uh, saves us from the guilt of uh, of the, the things that we do. Okay. Mm. Uh, but those consequences flow. Now, I'm going to anticipate a, an objection here because Good. we've we've put a lot of this down to human beings and and the fact that the world is. Uh, the, the, you know the way that it is because of the choices that human beings made, and we can, you know, I think plenty of people can attach that to uh, to a number of things. But what about like disease or um, uh, and earthquakes, for example? Yeah. I, I mean, natural, natural disasters. disasters. Okay, now acts of God, yeah, as okay. they're sometimes called. Now, the, the, again, let's go back to the story. Always go back to the story because according mm-hmm. to the story, we, you have this chaos order thing Mm -hmm. now human beings were responsible for keeping the order Mm -hmm. and uh, you know things like disease are actually legitimate elements of you know we have bacteria i mean bacteria and all these Mm -hmm. i mean i'm I'm not going to go deeply into this you're not a medical i'm not a medical expert (laughs) but but all of these things like even 
you know, I mean, cancer is, you know, is basically... Uh, rogue rogue yeah, cells. It, it's rogue cells, yeah. right? Now, cell growth actually is a good thing, mm. but it's it's all gone rogue. So, mm. I mean, that is kind of a picture of what's happened with, with the world. We have this kind of disordering thing. Now, clearly, there was a level of authority in human beings in the beginning mm. that meant that mankind had the had the authority actually to and the power to mm. order the world. Yeah. But because they abdicated their position of authority mm. and turned away from God, they lost that connection with God and the power to actually instill that order and maintain God's order in creation. Mm. So what happened? Things went rogue at all levels. Yeah. Okay. Because again, we're we're the gardeners. Yeah. And if the garden's full of weeds, you know, disease, what however, whatever the weeds are, mm. if the garden's full of weeds, that's because again, that comes back to human beings. We are the gardeners. Mm. We lost by turning away from God, we lost the power over to, to wield that authority, mm. and the world has gone rogue. And you can see in the ministry of Jesus Christ that he did have the power to overcome disease, even to command the weather, for goodness sake. Yeah. And and these, you know, this is him exercising authority, uh, an authority that was um, was uh, at the disposal, for lack of a better word, of mm. Adam and Eve in the beginning. Yes, you know, to be able to rule over the earth, right? Mm. Mm. And so, um, so. Yes, that also comes back. We've got to think in that bigger picture. Okay, now the question is, um, but what about like earthquakes? Now, uh, I certainly think that the movement of the tectonic plates, which is what causes causes earthquakes and mm. volcanoes and so forth, these are all things that could totally exist in a perfect world. Okay, mm. now let me um, let me give you an example uh, of this. Um, when when a lot of these natural disasters uh, happen. Um, Animals know that it's going to happen before it happens. In mm. fact, there's a famous, um, again, I'm going to look up uh, in my notes here, there's a famous instance, and in, I think it was in 1975, when an earthquake, a city in China was evacuated. Um, uh, here it is. Um, in 1975, Chinese officials ordered the evacuation of Haicheng, a city of one million people, just days before a 7.3 magnitude quake. And it was based on the behavior of animals. Mm. They thought the animals know something here. The, yep. Now, I, I want to ask you the question, mm. why is it that human beings are so in touch, out of touch with our environment yep. that the dogs <laughs> the dogs know yeah. that it's going to happen yeah. and B- the birds, birds know that it's going to happen. Birds are flying away in you know, droves. They're yeah. all, you know, they, they all know it's going to happen. Mm. They're, they're moving out of the way, you know, running up into the hill, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, they know that it's going to happen. Well, uh, why don't we know that it's mm. going to happen? No, but instead we're so out of touch with our environment mm. that we, well, I mean, for a start, we build cities on, you know, fault lines, for goodness sake. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, and it's just our manner of life is mm. so out of sync with, with yeah. the, the world in which we live mm. that that world causes us great suffering and pain mm, and mm. it's it's not the world's fault it's not god's fault it's because we're, we're just so and and you know and it's it's so far gone that there's an you know inevitability about the fact that that's the way that it's going to be and mm. i mean you know i mean there's a lot of even with weather disasters and so forth i mean these have been a part you can well imagine these are a part of the natural world and, mm. you know, talk about the, you know, areas that flood seasonally and so forth. Now, of course, that's a problem for people who have been pushed into the plains because, you know, poverty reasons or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, in a, in a perfect world, 
we would know that that's the way that it works and we would live accordingly and live in tune with it. I mean, the animals do. Uh, It's just that we don't and we suffer from that. So Mm. so it's totally... um, it's total, totally uh, conceivable that, uh, you know, that in a perfect world these things could happen. And it's also we need to uh, continually come back to the biblical story, you know. And the biblical story tells us that we were the keystone species mm. in this world, to put to use a biological term. Yeah. And when a keystone species, you know, keystone species are a species upon which everything else in that environment is dependent, mm. is dependent. It's like they call bees a keystone species because if we lose bees, a whole lot of other stuff yeah. goes haywire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now human beings, in this sense, to use this metaphor, are the ultimate keystone species. And when we fell, the whole world went haywire. Mm, mm. Yes, you know that's a good. You, you remind me of a study. I don't know if you read the same thing, yeah. Matt. I read. I, I got down a, a, yet another one of my rabbit trails yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago, reading about this, where these group of scientists have come out and and have put a serious theory forward saying that you've reminded me of it human beings they're looking because they're going okay if evolution is true mm. and we believe that this is how it's all set up and this is what we this is what we're all saying human beings are so out of touch with their environment yeah more than because they, they they call in in this study they're saying human and these aren't christian scientists obviously these are these are uh, scientists who are uh, you know calling humans animals like you know okay mm. so humans are these animals on on the planet and we are so out of touch and so different to any other animal yeah. that there must be a uh, you know they're putting down like a, you know life started from an alien planet yeah. you know dropping yeah, off yeah, something yeah, you know yeah. that I've and heard that one, yeah. yeah and so they're putting that forward but i was laughing at the fact that they cuz they even in in talking about why human beings are so out of touch and inept in their in their yeah. broke in their world yeah. because we experience suffering pain death like we're murdering one another all these different things and yeah. they're like all of this is totally outside of normal good. You yeah. know, the animal kingdom should be all working like this. Human beings are a total Yeah, so they mistake. acknowledge that too. They, they acknowledge that and so, so therefore we were dropped off by a, a spaceship, yeah. uh, you know. Because it is. It's an, it's, it is an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. We just don't work. We just don't work with our environment. Yeah. It, and everything else does. Mm. But, but even they will say something has gone really wrong mm. and we would say, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Something has gone really wrong, and you don't know the half. Yeah, I mean, even it's actually, less than it's, half. Yeah, exactly. It's actually way worse than it's, what you think. It's thinking. way, way worse. All right. So well, on on Thrive Perspectives today, <laughs> that's the message. It's much, much worse than you think. Come on, we got we got to we got to. I, I want I want to I wanted to say right at the beginning, like when it comes to this discussion about why God allows pain and suffering, and why there, why is there evil in the world. Again, a, a thing that that I come down to all the time thinking about, and we've mentioned it already, but I, I'll let you wrap up however you want to wrap up, Matt, but I just wanted to throw out there, spend some time reading and thinking about heaven, about where yeah. we will end up in eternity. By heaven, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the concept that you've been fed of a cloud and St. Peter yeah. standing at a gate or yeah. anything like that. A very sad survey is they they surveyed like, you know, you know I can't remember, thousands of people in the church yeah. and they said, what color is heaven? And 99.9% of people said white. And it's like, could you come up with a more boring, <laughs> horrible thing? Like, this is awful. And that's what we imagine. But when you actually read about heaven and the new earth, and the, like where we're ending yeah. up, it's the most colourful, oh, dynamic, interesting right. 
place with where, and I, I shouldn't use the word busy, but we are we find our ultimate fulfillment and purpose and what we want to do. That's right. In the in this space, and I, if I think about that, it really does make the suffering and the pain and the things that I see here into a new light in a perspective. Yeah, that's right. And that, I mean, that's been criticised for being otherworldly, but the biblical claim isn't that it's another world. It's it's this it's this renewed. It's yeah. fully renewed, and. And that, I think, is the important perspective. You know, there are many wonderful, beautiful things about life and the world. You know yeah. what I mean? And and that should remind us that there is of the goodness of God. That should remind us, actually, that God created this world to be very good. Mm. You know, and we, we have taste of that. Mm. But we also need to allow, and this, is this I think, is the key, when, when we are confronted by suffering and evil and pain, we need to be reminded that, and this is the good news, we can look beyond this because this isn't all there is because God is doing something in the midst of this and he's bringing something new. This is temporary. You know, even our lives, our 80 or 90 years of life are the tiniest little blip before an eternity. This is just the waiting room for an eternity of, you know, wonderful existence in a new heavens and a new earth with God. And the problem is, is that we get so entrenched in the now that we forget about that, and that would be a disaster. And so, if 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 pain now means that we lift our eyes to heaven and take a hold of the hand of God and be better prepared for then, then let it happen. Let it happen because the best is yet to come. listening to Thrive Perspectives, we want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another DJP.FM production.